Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. You know what it means when the pastor says the message will be brief? It, it doesn't really mean a thing. It means absolutely nothing. So it's just what we say. Um, but anyway, so I am going to try and be brief today. So if you would grab your Bible and if you guys could uh, get the PowerPoint up, that'd be great. Take a look at Matthew chapter two. We're going to continue a little bit with, uh, uh, with a um, Christmas time message. And we're going to start reading in chapter one. And it says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem um, of Judea in the days of King Herod, Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we, for we saw his star, and it's rising, and have come to worship him. You guys probably have heard this before, that there's been, there's, um, you know, kind of our Western religion has, has uh, tried to get us to believe that there were three wise men that came, because there was three gifts that were given. And uh, there's uh, the Eastern religions uh, made it. They they uh, teach that there were 12 men that came. That's how we get the 12 days of Christmas. But anyway, we don't really know how many of the wise men came. But more than likely, there were more than three of them. But anyway, so they so they came, and it says when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. Why was why were they upset? Anybody know why was he upset? Because he was in control of everything. If you ever look online or anything, they still have remnants of some of his palaces and things like that. And they were, they were just amazing. But he was the dude in charge and no one was going to kick him out. And it says, so he assembled all chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. And Bethlehem... Uh, of Judea, they told him, because this is what is written by the prophet. And then in verse six, it says this, and you Bethlehem in the land of, of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse seven says this, then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them, uh, the exact time that the star appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. Uh, we all know that if you keep reading the scriptures, that's not really was, that wasn't really his plan. Um, after, hearing, after hearing the king, they went on their way and there it was, the star that had been rising it led them until, until it came and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. They entered the house. And notice they entered a house. They didn't enter, enter a barn or a manger. You know, that's another thing we have in our manger scenes, which, which is, you know, it's okay. But we have our, the three wise men bringing the gifts. But uh, a lot of scholars say that Jesus was at least two years old, maybe three, by the time that they came. Because they in, then they entered into a house and it says, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling on their knees, they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they brought these gifts to, to Jesus um, and they came and they, and they worshiped him and they brought him gifts. Let's take a look over at, um, at Psalm um, 72 real quick. 
And let's look at, I think, I think when, um, it's always so incredible to me and so, man, it just really stirs me up when you see things in Old Testament that was seven or 800 years predicting something that's going to happen in now or in the New Testament. Look at Psalm 72, starting in verse one, it says, this is, this talks about, um, uh, Jesus and where he's going to be born. Let's look at this in verse one, Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to your royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and the, pure, and the poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. He's not talking about poor, poor uh, in wealth. He's talking about poor in spirit. Because he goes on and he says this, give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. Praise God, we have a savior that came to rescue us, but he also came and he crushed the oppressor. Amen. Then in verse five, it says this, may they fear you while the sun endures as long as, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like the rain that falls on mown, on mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and peace abound uh, till the moon be no more. Then in verse eight, it says this, may he have dominion from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May kings of Tar Tarshish and the coastlands render him and pay him tribute. May the kings fall before him and all nations serve and worship him. This is talking about the wise men coming to bring him gifts and coming to worship him. So we know that we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that was born. And we know that he was acknowledged by the heavens. He was acknowledged by a heavenly host of angels. He was acknowledged years later by a star that were showing the wise men where he was. And they brought him different gifts. You know, and, and maybe some of you guys have heard this before. But the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the gold was brought to people of royalty. So the wise men knew in their hearts, they knew prophetically where, and they knew by the signs in the sky where he was, but they also knew ahead of time that he was a person, that he was a king, a king of, that he would be treated like royalty. Also, in, um, in frankincense, the um, frankincense was used um, as part of worship as well, and it was used as a powerful uh, uh, part of worship. And it was one of the most, the, the strongest fragrances that they used to worship. And then myrrh, get this, so, so myrrh, you guys know, was used, because we hear this a lot, it was used for embalming dead bodies. But get this, myrrh, when you, uh, it was more than, uh, how do I say this? It was worth more than its weight in gold myrrh because it was so precious and it was so different and it was the most priceless thing that people sought after back then and i never knew that until till a few months ago when i was reading about and and preparing for our messages that we did for um our messages that we did uh for uh, for advent but you know one of the things i wanted us to notice this morning go to the next slide for me is the the wise men came but the first thing they did was not presented their gifts but they presented themselves 
And also notice in the scripture, it doesn't tell us anywhere, and they may have, but it doesn't tell us anywhere in scripture that they bowed before King Herod. But they did come, and they did come, and they did bow before Jesus. They presented themselves um, as a vessel of worship, and then they gave him the gifts that they, that they wanted to give him. Let's look at First uh, Peter. It'll be up here on the screen. Let's look at First Peter this morning. It says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were rendered from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb of God without blemish or defect. You guys, we have, the Bible tells us to come and bring our reasonable worship. The Bible tells us to come and worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible tells us to present our bodies as what? A living sacrifice to him. And this verse is, is just a great reminder that we, were, that we were purchased with the most precious thing on the planet, and that's with the blood of our Savior. Look at Luke chapter uh, 6. It'll be up here on the screen. And Jesus said, if you give, will you, uh, excuse me, if you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more. Now, usually when we hear this verse, that's when you want to grab your wallets because somebody's taking an offering, right? But this verse really doesn't have anything to, to, isn't really talking about our finances, even though we do know that when we give, God blesses us. And he's even told us that we can challenge him that when we give to prove him that he will meet our needs. But this is talking about when we give, when we give of ourselves, when we sacrifice our time, when we give our gift, when we give our bodies as a sacrifice to him, that we will get great things back from it. You know, I tell people all the time, following Jesus is not easy, but it is the best way to live. I always used to tell teenagers, if following Jesus was easy, everybody would do it. But we are to make our lives no longer our own. Let's look at uh, this, this quote that I saw the other day. It says, what the new year brings to you will depend a great deal on what you bring to the new year. You know, I, I, I always, Susan and I talk about this a lot. It's, to me, it's kind of, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, New Year's resolutions and January 1st comes and we kind of set goals and all that. I mean, setting goals and all that kind of stuff is great, but it's so funny to me that we have to have this thing trigger in our mind. Oh, it's a new year. I've got to really change. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know what keeps us from doing that maybe on October 1st, but when we have the new year come, it's all of a sudden, okay, I've got to straighten up. I've got to do this. I've got to lose weight. I got to eat better. I, you know, I have to work less and, you know, all those different things. But I want you just to think about what are you going to take into the new year? That's going to make things different for you. What are you going to take into the new year that is going to make a difference for you and your relationship with God and your relationship to either this church or where you attend church. I was talking to Susan about this this morning. I don't know if you saw the news, but um, I saw the news and you see things all the time now in the news where the Jews are being persecuted like crazy. And uh, some Jewish people were just um, beat up and, um, and really accosted in, uh, in New York City this weekend. And it's, uh, you know, these, these, are, these are signs. Um, I saw this about two weeks ago online, and for those of you guys, I won't go into the whole thing, but there's the Temple Mount, 
in the Middle East. And the Bible says that before Christ's return, the Jews will worship there. Two weeks ago, that's what started happening. Wow. The Muslims let them in and took down their signs and their chains and let the Jews go worship on the Temple Mount. We're in a, I really believe that we're living in a time where, like I said, serving God isn't easy, but it's so rewarding. But this is a time for us to really, really is for us to go deeper with him and to be willing to share the word with people and to really make a difference in this world. Amen. Let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter two. We'll finish up with just a couple of verses here. <clears throat> One of my favorite verses in Ephesians two, two verse 10, it says this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One of the great things I love is the definition of this. Go to the next slide for me. The next slide talks about this word worship or excuse me, workmanship in the Greek. And it means it's like creating art or writing a poem. Think about it like this, that God is working in you. He's equipping you. He's working in you like an artist would work on a painting. He's working in you and in your heart and in your mind and wanting to take you to a place and to create something as an author would write a book or a poem. It's continual that you are his workmanship. He's continually painting you. He's continually painting your future, continually writing out your future. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139, says that he knows every day upon our tongue before we speak it. He knows every, every word and every moment of our life was written in a book before it comes to pass. That his thoughts are so vast and so amazing about Carrie, about James, about BJ, that it would outnumber the grains of sand on the planet. That's who we serve. And you are his workmanship, and he will continually be working with you and through you as you submit to him. Here's the last verse we're going to read. Romans chapter 12 says this, the last verses. says this, We all have gifts. They differ according to the grace God has given to each of us. Do you have the gift of prophecy? Then use it according to the faith that you have. I believe that Pastor James had a very specific word for us, and I know him so well that he would not stand up here and say anything that he didn't know that the Lord was leading him to say. Thank you again for that. Verse 7. If your gift is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging others, then encourage them. Is it giving to others? Then give freely. Is it being a leader? Then work hard at it. It is, and, and it is, um, my phone, I can't read that there. Um, it is, uh, is it showing mercy? Do it cheerfully. You guys, all of you have a, um, a little gift bag. I got you guys all something for Christmas. The, the bag is it, sorry. Um, <laughs> But anyway, everybody grab one of these gift bags. And if you need a pen, raise your hand, because I'm going to have you do something. So um, we ushers have some pens for you. And there's pens at the back of the chair. So anyway, so you're going to, we're going to give you just a couple of minutes here. If you need an ink pen, raise your hand and we'll get you one. Very good. So grab your bag. So here's what I want you to do. Look inside the bag and you'll find a note card. And you'll find this little label. 
So I have two questions for you. If you could go to the next slide for me. Two questions that I want you to answer. And this is just between you and God. No one's just going to read it. What do you feel is a distraction or has been controlling you that the Lord would want you to get rid of? That's the first one. What do you feel like is a distraction in your life? What is something you feel like you want to get that you need to get rid of? Could be just a bad attitude. Could be something that the Lord considers sin. The next one is, what gifting or calling do you have that you'd bring and say, use me. I'm ready to be used by you more than ever in 2020. So here's something I want you to do is just take a couple minutes. I want you to write down your answer. And once you get your answer finished, I'll show you what to do next. We'll just give you a couple minutes to do that. Just answering those two questions. give you about another minute to finish up. here's what I want you to do next. I want you to take your note card. I want you to put it into your bag. You can open it up. Open up, put your note card in there. Like I said, no one's going to, no one's going to read it. Then I want you to write your name on your, this label and probably put your first and last name on there. And then what I want you to do is just take your bag and fold it over and then put your label on this bag and then it'll seal it closed, right? So then you've got your label on the outside of here with your name on it. 
And this morning, I'd like to see you bring your gift to the Lord. So we're just going to open up the altar this morning for you that you could sit and you can pray for a minute. Commit what you put into this envelope to the Lord and then just bring it up here to the altar and you can leave it here. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your presence that's with us. This morning we bring, we lay down things in our lives that are distracting, things that are separating us from you. And this morning we declare that the gifts that you've put in us that we know that are here, we come this morning to present these to you. We present these as a gift, as our offering. And we lay these things down in our lives that need to be laid down and the ones that we need to pick up and move forward, we bring to you this morning in Jesus' name. I'll let you have a few minutes to to pray and to bring your gift to the front. We thank you that you're full of mercy and that you're full of love. And this morning we commit ourselves to serve you and to ignite and to stir up all the gifts that are within us. That this year we would be used by you like never before. Lord, send each and every one of us into this world that needs to hear about you. Help us to be people that will bring others to come into a personal relationship with you. Help us to serve people that we would be light to our community, to our city. And help us to reach souls. We thank you so much for your goodness this morning. We we pray that you would continue to bless Michael and Candy as they're away with their kids. We pray that you give them a good time of rest and to enjoy their families. And again, Lord, we thank you for your presence that's with us in Jesus' name. Amen.